dropped one bomb on Hiroshima and destroyed its usefulness to the enemy. That bomb has more power than 20,000 tons of TNT. The Japanese began the war from the air at Pearl Harbor. They have been repaid many-fold, and the end is not yet. With this bomb, we have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction to supplement the growing power of our armed forces. In their present form, these bombs are now in production, and even more powerful forms are in development. It is an atomic bomb. It is a harnessing of the basic power of the universe. The force from which the sun draws its power has been loosed against those who brought war to the Far East. We have spent more than $2 billion on the greatest scientific gamble in history, and we have won. But the greatest marvel is not the size of the enterprise, its secrecy, or its cost, but the achievement of scientific brains in making it work. Is that really the takeaway? Is the takeaway honestly that it was a scientific achievement that should be marveled at when you stand on the corpses of 100,000 people and taken away in the blink of an eye? It's August 6th. 2020. It is 75 years to the day since the first nuclear bomb was dropped. Three days later, another nuclear bomb would be dropped needlessly, killing tens of thousands more in another blink of the eye. A lot of people think that it was necessary. A lot of libertarians think it was necessary. So that's what I wanted to talk about today briefly. Um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki obviously are the locations for the uh, the two nukes that were dropped, one on August 6th, the second on August 9th, and many believe that without dropping those nuclear weapons, we would have been forced to have a land invasion of Japan. There's plenty of evidence to uh, to demonstrate that they were already on the brink of giving up, but their will was, you know, dauntless, uh, at least in the history books that I've read. So I understand the argument, but I think that people should be very cautious in believing the propaganda about the Japanese at the time to believe that, you know, everyone in Japan was willing to throw themselves off a cliff before they'd give up was obviously false. I mean, they, <laughs> after the nukes were dropped, they did give up. And it's widely known that after the first nuke was dropped, they were ready to give up. And the second nuke was dropped, in my opinion, and that of many historians, to send a message. Not to the Japanese, to the Russians, and to the rest of the world. That America was now the big dog on the planet for the foreseeable future. And in that regard, the dropping of those two nuclear bombs was extremely successful. But that shouldn't be the only metric by which we analyze the use of nuclear weapons against civilians. Many people have argued that my, my stating that dropping them on civilians is, is misleading or a straw man. I disagree. The, the majority of the people that died were civilians. I mean, I live right next to Camp Pendleton in Southern California. 
if they were to nuke Camp Pendleton, yes, that would be a direct attack on a military base. But there's a lot of people, civilians, that live around it. So if you're going to drop the biggest munition you have and your collateral damage amounts to many multiples that of the, the intended target, I don't know how you can classify that as a military target. Shrink the munition. Be more surgical in your attack. At the very least, don't pretend that it's purely a strategic attack. That is an attack against civilians and a war crime. Many people have talked about uh, the rape of Nanking and, and the atrocities that the Japanese were guilty of, including the attack on Pearl Harbor. I don't, I don't disagree. This is not an argument in defense of the Japanese. This is an argument in defense of humanity. A belief in a greater, a greater good, I guess. You can't just nuke everyone that's done evil shit, especially when it's not everyone in that country. Are you, are you naive enough to believe the propaganda that every Japanese person in 1945 to 1950 was evil? Irredeemable? Do you believe all the propaganda you hear against Syria today? Because if you don't, if you're smart enough to know that you're being lied to now, why is it that you can't see that there's probably some level of overstatement when it comes to the, the paintings of both Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan as the most you know, evil masses of humanity to ever exist? Not a defense of either of those regimes. It is a defense of some of the people living under those regimes. Think critically, please. And to Truman's point, war criminal that he is, they have been paid back many times fold for what they did to us in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, exactly. And that was no accident. It was not proportionate. It was about vengeance and sending a lesson and a message to anyone that might fuck with the U.S. Now, you can certainly argue that because of that act, we didn't have another conflict between two major powers for a long time. Now, I'll tell you this, though. It sure as fuck doesn't make the people of Iraq or Afghanistan or any of these other proxy war locations feel any better. Well, thank God Russia isn't directly fighting the United States, said the Taliban. Never. <laughs> I mean, it's so obviously fucked up that we use these other countries to make it so that it's not a direct hot conflict, you know, soil to soil. Uh, so we just destroy these other countries that aren't nearly as well off as us economically. And that's how things are handled. And that's how the next generation of Cold War will be handled with China and the United States. It's probably happening already. So I, I understand the argument that perhaps preventing World War III uh, saved lives. I don't know how you can know that. I really don't. Because the truth is you can't. You don't know. You don't know what the trade-off is. And I don't know either. Um, 
what I do know and what you know for sure is that 100,000 people died in the blink of an eye. And that's rough. That's a pretty rough pill to swallow. So whatever you have to tell yourself to feel better about that, feel free. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to mourn those lives. I think that we all should if we're being... If we still love people as a whole, you shouldn't celebrate that. I mean, I, I really don't think celebrating the mass destruction of innocence is ever acceptable, regardless of the intended long-term effect or, you know, you, you just can't, you can't say it. It's just not right. And I, I'm disappointed to see so many in the Liberty movement pushing back, but I appreciate your, um, your willingness to, to defend what I think is pure barbarism. I think that it's, it takes a serious either either nerve or uh i don't know an unwillingness to to think that maybe your government was responsible for one of the greatest atrocities in the history of the world which is what i believe and it's not the only one i mean it there's certainly arguments to be made that the war in iraq based off of nothing was a far greater tragedy because far more people died um but I think over the extended period of the war, uh, Japan suffered far further, at least percentage losses, than the Iraqis did. So I don't know. It, the, there's no point in ranking these things. They're all awful in my book. And uh, someone, someone pointed out also that the, the sense of mutually assured destruction is what makes that an achievement for mankind. Well... It makes an achievement right up until it doesn't. And that's the point I've been trying to make for the longest time, and very few people want to hear it, but that's my opinion. You know, you are able to prevent conflicts between two nuclear powers all the way up until you can't. And when one fires, it's over. And I don't, I, just knowing the Liberty community and knowing that you guys are all so aware of the ineptitude and the danger that government presents to us, how can you possibly trust them with nuclear weapons? How can you think that forever they're going to maintain their, their calm and their cool forever? Because if you, if you're willing to admit that at some point, most countries are going to have nukes, you have to be willing to admit that even if you believe that forever America won't do it on accident or on purpose, someone will. And when that someone does, someone will reciprocate. It's really that simple. So if you want to, if that makes you sleep better, knowing that uh, the world could end over, you know, an accident on the radar screen, it doesn't make me feel any better. And... I think that personally, nuclear disar disarmament is should be a higher priority than attempting to you know confront and turn back global warming by a large margin, like infinity to zero, that large. Nuclear weapons and the proliferation of them is the most clear and present threat to humanity, and it's not close. That includes COVID. That includes uh, asteroids, asteroid impacts. That includes global warming. That includes 
regular warfare, starvation, uh, pretty much anything you can imagine. Viruses, plagues, zombie apocalypse. All of those things are less likely than a nuclear war and a nuclear apocalypse. So I think for me, that's what, that's what makes it so challenging to listen to people lament our use of carbon producing products. It's like, guys, every day I wake up, I realize that we could, this could be our last. That's the truth. It could happen at any moment. And the fact that it hasn't is a miracle. So if you want to tell me about some existential threat, but you're unwilling to ever talk about that, I can't take you seriously. I fucking can't take these people seriously. And I hope that more in the liberty community will start to talk about it. Because it's like the biggest issue presented to us, and no one talks about it but me, basically. I mean, I'm sure some of you do occasionally, but it really ought to be way higher on our list of priorities. I'm way more concerned about that than the economy collapsing. I mean... Economic collapses will kill people for sure. It won't kill everyone. Are we really that nonchalant about nuclear war? I mean, come on. Now on a happier note, uh, I got into a little bit of a feud with the commies this week, and that's always fun. They had a hashtag that went viral because the fucking Rose community is so incestual. They're, they're a collective hive mind, so... It makes sense that they would work better as a team than we do. Uh, but they had a hashtag called no commies under 1K. And about a day and a half ago, I was like, all right, we can't let these bastards beat us. Let's do no freedom fighters under 1K. And it was uh, indecipherable enough that I figured there was a chance if I got enough in the Liberty community to start using it, that perhaps the commies would start using it. And sure enough, dumb fucks that they are, they started using it. And we almost went viral. We had thousands of tweets using this hashtag. And it's one of my more proud moments in internet history. I definitely would have loved it had we, had we actually been trending. It would have been mind-blowing. Um, we got very close, so thank you to all that contributed. It was, uh, it was exciting. And as such, I got on the radar of some of the more uh, hammer and sickly types of socialists out there. So the communists. And they are as unpleasant as you'd imagine. I've interacted with them before, but I've never had quite the bombardment that, the, that I did when they realized that I was trying to uh, seize the means, the means of their discontent, as I phrased it. And <laughs> they are, oh God, they're so, they're so tough to, I mean, it's not even tough. It's just, it's just exhausting to try and argue with them because they, they circle back to things that we, I mean, we're just so far apart ideologically. It's, it's really hard to to want to try and bridge that gap. Like I, I just simply don't want to. I know that's that's counter to what I'm what I'm actually about. What I'm about is converting people, but I don't feel like these people are convertible. So why why hit my head into a wall? It just seems seems pointless. And I just didn't do it. So I was very mean. <laughs> I really took the Michael Malice approach of just Shitting on them until they went away. Uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily proud of it. I'm lying. I am. I am proud of it. I. Uh, I have no regrets. I can't. I can't spend all day disputing the the labor theory of value. I can't do it. Okay. I had this guy argue with me 
he wasn't even a commie. He was like some lefty anarchist, but he was arguing that if his grandpa works on a machine that then ends up in an industrial warehouse that then produces goods, why doesn't he have a claim to the wealth provided <laughs> from the machine's production? And I was like, well, it ends as soon as the machine's sold to the industrialist that owns the machine. So that's, that's the answer. He continued with six additional follow-ups that were each in, they were increasingly less decipherable. I couldn't I couldn't even begin to follow what he was trying to say towards the end because it was just so nonsensical. And then when I asked some follow-up questions, he sh- he should on me like I should have known. I was like, "This is your hypothetical. If it's not clear, it's on you." And he's like, "No, no, no." You know, I, I mean, I just when I get out autistic, it scares me. It makes me feel like I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know people could be more pedantic than I. And they exist out there. Whew. I guess it makes me feel better in some ways. But uh, in other ways, it's pretty scary. And then I also wanted to mention that, uh, as I want to do on my show, I want to constantly keep you abreast of the economic maneuverings and, and what's coming. Silver is up another, I think, 15% this week. Uh, Bitcoin, everything, everything, all physical assets are up. And this is a product of not necessarily inflation, but certainly fear of it. Uh, People are trying to get into hard assets, at least trying to diversify. And I think that's wise to do. Um, I'm not sure that the hyperinflationary cycle has begun in earnest, but it has begun. And... uh, you know, if you don't have some physical assets, you've got to get on the ball. So check this out. Apple, this week alone, is up a third of a trillion dollars in asset value. $330 billion in growth in a week. Not profit, just in paper value if you were to liquidate their stock. That's, that's how much they're up. Do you think Apple increased in value by a third of a trillion dollars? This week, no, they didn't. All of these stocks that are skyrocketing are a product of both a bubble and a product of too much cash chasing the few companies that have managed to survive and thrive in this environment, thanks to government protections. It's not, it's a a horrible, horrible truth, but that's why. And then on top of that, There's a feeling or a fear of the printing of so many trillions of dollars amounting to inflation. So people want to have exposure to investment assets that produce income. And Apple is a cash cow. It's a cash machine. So I don't blame people for for going into the few companies that have been protected by the government. But I do very much blame the government for protecting those companies. And you should too. And any politician that advocated for this should be crucified. And the Bernie Sanders of the world that come out today and say, I'm going to tax uh, Amazon and all these companies that have had record profits since the lockdown. Fuck you. Where were you when they were locking down all the mom and pop companies that forced all of us to go buy our goods from Amazon? Where were you? Because I don't remember you talking about it then. So now you want to tax them off of the largesse that they brought in because of your fucking stupid ideas? No thanks. 
I don't want you to redistribute the wealth. I want you to let me earn it. Stop stealing from me. Whew. God damn it. Makes me so mad. And then my last note is going to be on the lockdowns. Hey, what's a, what's a Liberty Lockdown episode without a little discussion about the lockdowns? So in uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, they are full stage five lockdown. They still have those poor people trapped in those apartments, uh, government housing, thousands of people not allowed to leave. And now they have checkpoints where if people are unwilling to give their ID and explain where they're going, they are able and willing to break the windshield or the window of the driver's side car and pull people out. And there's a clip on my Twitter at Liberty Lockpot, if you want to check it out, of a policeman, whatever, dressed like an SS soldier, talking about how multiple times throughout the week, people claiming they're sovereign citizens that don't have to tell them where they're going. Oh, you mean free people? Yeah, that's what I thought. They are getting torn from their cars and then forced to answer. He says they will arrest people that refuse, and they mean it. And I've even read that they are... They now have the right to do spot checks where they, they can break into people's buildings to make sure that they're at home. Disturbing on many, many fronts. And much closer at home, we have Mayor Eric Garcetti of Los Angeles, who is now saying that he has the right and will be shutting off the water and power to any house that has gatherings of people. He called it parties, but it could be a protest. It could be anything. For any reason, the mayor has declared himself God of L.A. To which I say, fuck you and every foot soldier who carries out these insane instructions or directives from you. I don't know how people aren't fighting back at this point. I really don't understand it. So, if you're in L.A., I challenge you to have a house party <laughs> and I'll do the same anyways thank you guys so much for tuning in the audio is a little weird this week sorry about that uh, please leave me a five star review and I will give you a shout out on the very next show this is Liberty Lockdown we out <laughs>